You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. And today is a very special episode. This episode is brought to you by Foot Locker. If you need some kicks to look fresh on the court, head over to Foot Locker. If you need some kicks to look fresh off the court, head over to Foot Locker. If you need some drip to look fresh off the court, head to Foot Locker. And if you need some performance wear to look fresh on the court while you get buckets, head to Foot Locker too. Moral of the story, head to Foot Locker because the homies over there very kindly hooked me up with an exclusive one-of-one interview with Mr. Alan Iverson. I know how long you guys have been waiting for this one and to say thank you, I've got something. I've got a signed by the man himself, Alan Iverson jersey that we're going to be giving away to one of our wonderful listeners. Now to win this, all you got to do is make sure you remember of our Discord community. We have great conversations in there. If you love basketball and you're not in our Discord, I don't know what you're doing. But all you do is you go down to the Hoop Genius podcast section, click on the thread that I created called Iverson Jersey and put your name and your location. Not your exact location because we don't want any weirdos on the internet finding out. Not that there are any weirdos in the Discord, but I digress. But just put your town or your city and where you live just so I know for shipping purposes um, where it's going to go and get involved. Just put your name and and the town in which you live. And I'm going to put all the names into a random selector and randomly select whoever wins this jersey. That's all you got to do. It's very simple. If you enjoy the interview, if you enjoy the show and you want to hear more interviews with NBA legends and you want to hear more, please do recommend the show to your friends. And it would mean the world to me if you're listening on Spotify, leave five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave five stars and a review telling us how much you love the show because it really helps us get ranked higher in the searches. And then if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe to the podcast. If you want to see the visuals, the visuals are on the Hoop Genius main YouTube channel. Check that out. You can see the sit-down interview. It was a great event. We had the Brixton Foot Locker store packed out with an audience. I asked some questions. We gave the audience an opportunity to ask some questions. And Alan Iverson gave some great, great answers. It's about 45 minutes long. Make sure you clear your schedule right now because when greatness talks, you've got to listen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one, the only, the answer, Mr. Alan Iverson. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, everyone? Thank you for joining us this afternoon. It's a blessing to have you all here with us. We've got a very special afternoon lined up. I'm, of course, Mo Moonsi, if you don't know, host of the Hoop Genius podcast, the UK's number one show for all things basketball. I'm very excited today. When I got the call for this event, I was so gassed because the NBA and Foot Locker, two of the most iconic brands in the world, who've been working in partnership for the last 13 years across Europe. They've been doing great work all across the continent, refurbishing and building basketball courts so that we have basketball available at grassroots level for the young people to come in and play. And it's not just great work they've been doing on basketball courts like they have up the road at Clapham Common. They're also organizing special events like this one today. So first of all, I need you guys to make some noise for the NBA and Foot Locker for putting on this show. And like I said, they're doing a lot right now. So this afternoon, we're blessed to be in the company of one of the best to ever do it. If any of you guys have ever seen a picture of me when I was younger, I was wearing clothes that were 5XL, 6XL, all baggy. And I know a bunch of you guys in the crowd were as well, because that was the style, a cultural icon, a Hall of Famer, an MVP, 11-time All-Star. I could be here reading accolades all day, but I've got to do something I've always wanted to do. A six-foot guard from the University of Georgetown. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for number three, Alan Iverson. My man, take a seat, bro. We've got a mic for you right here. All right, first of all, first of all, 
I need you guys to make more noise than that. This is <laughs> Alan Iverson. Make some more noise. <laughs> That's better. That's better. The answer. AI. Bubba Chuck. Man of many names. <laughs> Legendary. How are you enjoying London so far? Love it. Great. Hospitality. Great. Weather. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, um, I ain't going to do that. But, uh, <laughs> look, Shelly. Well, the bad weather, that makes some of the young kids in here some serious hoopers playing outside in all weather. So I want to take this opportunity for you to impart your wisdom to them because it's all about the next generation. All right. So we're going to get straight into it. When you have the ball and you're on the court with a defender in front of you, what's going through your mind when you're trying to cross a guy up and get to the basket or get your shot? Long time ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know you still got it. I'm old. No, I don't. Trust me. <laughs> I might. I can shoot it, but all that other stuff, nah. Um, what's going through my mind? What are you What are you looking at on the defender? What are you trying to do? I don't see him. I see the basket. I see. I see. Um, I see the lane. I see the opportunity to create for my teammates. Um, I never worry about the first guy. Um, just the other four guys. That I'm concerned about. Okay, well, you've had some pretty iconic crossovers, even without thinking about them. Is there one that stands out to you in your memory that was like your favorite moment that you've had in an NBA game? Across? Yeah. Um. Well, y'all want me to be cliche and say Mike, Mike, <laughs> um, but not that one. I, I, I don't, that one wasn't. I mean, I, I think that one was legendary just because it was him. Um, that's why it was a big deal. You know, I would say my favorite would probably be um, I think the one I had on John Stockton um, at the Tiger Key. Um, and then as far as just a move, I would say um, Antonio Daniels, that one. I think that was crazy. But the John Stockton one, I, I just love that one because I thought his leg was broke. <laughs> I, I can see a couple of the OG hoop fans nodding their heads. For the younger cats, you're going to have to go on YouTube after this and check those out. Two iconic moments. Yes, definitely. But uh, when you were growing up and when you were a young baller making your way to college, to the NBA, who were your inspirations and whose game did you try and look at Mike, and try and emulate? Mike. I, wanted to, I literally wanted to be like Mike, for real. <laughs> um, it's my inspiration, my hero, my idol. Um, he was the vision for Allen Iverson. He was, um, he made me want to play the game. You know what I mean? But without him, um, there would be no Allen Iverson. So, um, shout out to Mike, man. Um, you know, that was my inspiration. That was that was my guy. But as far as my game, I, um, you know, obviously I wanted to jump like Mike. I wanted to pass like Magic. I wanted to be fast like Isaiah. I wanted to rebound like Barkley. I wanted to shoot like Bird. I wanted to be dominant like Shaq. And I just implemented all of that into create who I ultimately became as a basketball player. So um, I took from the guys before me, you know what I mean, um, and just tried to put it into my game. So um, I give credit to a lot of guys when it comes to development of my game and the maturation of my game. Well, we're thankful that you took all of that into your game and put on a show sure. because it wasn't just your game that inspired people. 
you've had an impact around the world. Even over here in England, when we were growing up, we were wearing headbands and a shooting sleeve. And off the court, your style is very iconic as well. What influenced your style off the court? Uh, me just being me. Um, I think the, um, the easiest thing in the world to do is be yourself. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's what makes me comfortable. Um, uh, just being myself um, and not one to, you know, I wanted to be like um, Mike on the basketball court, but, you know, off of the court, I'm myself. I love the person that I am. If I could, if I die today, I come back, I want to be me all over again. Um, and I don't think, you know, with everybody in this room, I don't think there's nothing wrong with being you, who you are. It's a disrespect to the creator, the person that made you to want to be somebody else. He bless you, you know, to be you, you know, and then what's wrong with being you? Everybody else is taking up, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, um, and I and I dressed um, like the guys from my neighborhood, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, when they talk about um, my style and um, how I changed the game, the dress code and all that, you know, I think the older guys from my neighborhood are supposed to take credit for that. Well, when you got to the NBA, you were the number one pick in one of the best draft classes of all time, the 96 draft class. Of course, you had legendary Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, and a whole bunch of other guys. How did you deal with the pressure of being the number one pick? I, there's no pressure in, in basketball to me. I mean, I, there's other things in life that I've been through um, far worse than going out there doing something that I love to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I never understood. Um, you know, we, we talked about it last night at dinner. I, um, I guess, in a sense, um, certain guys are different um, to where it's, you know, that's not pressure to me. I, like, I understand with certain guys um, during a game, you know, the first 45 minutes of a game, you want to touch the ball, you want it in your hands all the time, and then in the last three minutes, you don't want to touch it like a hot potato in your hand. You know what I mean? Um, but me, I, you know, I relish it. I, I, I wanted that. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, playing on the road or, you know, um, and playing at home. You know, some guys can play well at, um, at home, but, you know, couldn't do it on the road, couldn't deal with the crowd and the hostile environment. But I relished it. Like, you know, I want to shut them up. You know, it's easy to, you know, get down when, you know, everybody's on your side and everybody's cheering for you. But when you get in there and 20,000 people are booing you and they're against you, you know, the excitement comes from wanting to shut them up. You know what I mean? I felt like um, the bigger the lights, you know, um, and, and I don't say, I don't ever say I, I would play harder in certain games. I play the same way regardless if I'm playing pickup or we're at practice or if we in a regular season game or a playoff game, you know what I mean, or finals or whatever, I'm gonna play the same way regardless. And I, you know, I looked at it like um, the only thing that I really had to do um, was play harder than everybody else. Like I, I realized that some nights I was gonna be off. Um, I, I knew some nights I was gonna turn the ball over. I might go over Winfrey from the field um, and just have a, overall bad game, but 
I felt good about myself after I got a shower and look in the mirror. I could look at myself, look at myself, and 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 feel good about myself because I know I played as hard as I could. You know what I mean? So pressure, nah. There's too many other things in life um, that's you know that's pressure. Basketball is just love. It's just a game. That's awesome. That's a great mentality to have. A lot of guys talk about when they get to the league, uh, welcome to the league moment, a particular matchup, particular someone they had to guard. What was your welcome to the league moment? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I, re I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, I was 21 years old, I was a rookie, and um, we were playing the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. And like throughout my life or career, like I never had nobody like destroy me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just simply bust my ass. Like I, I never experienced that. And man, Kevin Johnson, like, I mean, like, and I was like, he was stronger than me, obviously. Um, nine times out of 10, everybody was, but I was quicker, I was faster, I could jump higher, more athletic than him, everything. But his his mind, you know what I mean? Just basketball mind, he, he just outclassed me. You know what I mean? Just backdooring me and, you know what I mean? He just knew the game more than I did. You know what I mean? He outsmarted me during the game. And he had 36, nine and nine. And I remember being in the locker room and we had lost the game. I was in the locker and I was actually in tears. And um, Mo Cheeks came up to me and was like, man, don't worry about it, AI, one day, you'll get somebody 36, nine and nine. You know what I mean? And this many years later, it's like, but I still remember getting my ass tore up, you know, like that. <laughs> so I don't, you know, when I do it to somebody else, I never regretted it or never felt bad about it because I was in that position before it was done to me. Yeah, you gave people 36, more than 36 a whole bunch of times. When you look back at your entire NBA career, you know, you're in the Hall of Fame, is there a particular game or a particular moment that stands out to you as your favorite memory from playing in the NBA? Favorite moment or favorite, um, like, game memory? Game memory or memory? Either or. My, my uh, favorite memory is just being drafted. You know, whether it was being first or the last pick, it didn't matter. Just, you know everything that I've been through in my life and where I come from and what I had to overcome and the work that I put in, um, the trials, tribulations, the ups and downs, um, falling and getting back up. Um, it was a, you know, I think, I think it was a, like a tribute to, um, my family, my friends, um, teammates that I've had, coaches that I had all, all over the years. Um, you know, because you know, to become who I am or who I ultimately became in the league, you can't do this by yourself. You know what I mean? It takes a village. Like you, you can't, you can't do all this stuff by yourself. There's so many um, people that pay integral parts in your development, your life, and and your lesson, and um, so many mentors. You know, so many people that help you try to stay the course and be able to accomplish, you know, your dreams. So, um, man, shout out to everybody else besides me that helped me, you know, get to this point. Well, speaking of other people helping you, I want to put you on the spot here. 
I want you to give us your all-time starting five with teammates that you've played with over the years. If you had to make your ultimate Allen Iverson lineup with yourself starting, which other four guys are you picking? Besides myself, I'm no, not in, including you, including, including you. Including me? The, to maximize your skill set to go out there. Oh, okay. Um, Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, uh, Theo Ratliff, Dikembe Mutombo, um, and I was... That's a, that's a heavy lineup, six man. How, how many was that? That was four. <laughs> including me? Yeah, Four. yeah, plus you. That's five. Okay, cool. <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you another one. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you another one, and if you include yourself, it's up to you. I need your all-time starting five from any player to ever play. I got you. Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Shaquille O'Neal. I'm seeing a lot of nods in the crowd. Seeing a lot of nods, that's a popular lineup. In regards to this season now, with the current group of NBA players, which players do you watch that really stand out to you? Who's your favorite players to watch right now? My favorite player is Steph. Um, I like Luca. I like um, Kyrie. I like Dane. I like Giannis. Um, which guys do you think could go into your area and play? All of, guys all, all of them. All of them. All of them. Durant. MB. Damn, I can I can be here all day. Now there's there's so much talent in the league. Yeah. But and then you know what's so dope about that? It's like, you know, when 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 someone retires from the game, obviously if, if you're a big fan of that that person, you're gonna miss them. And you know, it's it'll be a sad day for you. Um because you, you know, you love that player so much. But, like, the league is so crazy that it won't miss a beat. You know what I mean? It's just going to keep getting better and better and better, and the players going to get better. Like, we, we sit around, we talk about how Steph is the greatest shooter to ever play the game. And, in, and he is, hands down. Like, people don't even argue it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, Ray Allen wouldn't argue it. Reggie Miller wouldn't argue. Larry Bird wouldn't argue. You know what I mean? Everybody know, hands down, that he's the best shooter. But when you think about it, before Steph came, we thought it would never be a shooter like Larry Bird. Then Reggie Miller came. Then Ray Allen came. Then it's the same thing with Mike. You know what I mean? Right when you think, you know, Mike's the greatest ever, which he is. <laughs> which he is. But then... Kobe Bryant come along. Yep. You know what I mean? Then you got, you know, LeBron James. You know, like, I I, I get kind of, you know, upset at times um, when people talk about the comparison of LeBron and Mike. And I'm like, damn, like, you know, people actually forget. Like, out of sight, out of mind is real. You know what I mean? Because I'm like... Nobody talking about the Mamba when you comparing who's the best to ever play, you know. I, and and that's no, that's no. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shitting on um, LeBron. I think LeBron is like you look in the dictionary and it, you know look up the word basketball. Basketball player to be a picture of LeBron James. 
You know what I mean? Like he's that great, you know, every aspect of his game. But as far as GOAT, I mean, it's Michael Jordan all day long. And Kobe Bryant is right on his heels. Now, as someone who went up against Kobe, tell us what that was like. Because I know Kobe came to visit London, and that meant a lot to a lot of people, especially in this room right now. You having this visit here makes a big impact as well on the culture of basketball. So what was it like on the inside, you know, going head-to-head with the Mamba? I define it like this. When we were rookies, I came to L.A., and he took me out. Um, took me out for dinner. And when we finished, it might have been 11, 12 o'clock, something like that. And I was like, um, well, look, um, man, what you going to do? I'm going to the club. And I was like, what you going to do? And he was like, I'm going to the gym. Like, yo, this dude right here, man, like, vicious. I mean, ferocious. I mean, the ultimate competitor. I mean, I mean, go extremely, extremely hard. And and, and at some point, like, until you know, after he, um, after he, after he passed, I didn't really understand. Or and and after I retired, you know, I thought he, I thought he didn't like me. Honestly, you know what I mean? Because of how he, how he was on the basketball court. You know, we we would speak, you know, whatever, um, before the game, after the game, or whatever. But during the game, it was like, like, damn, this dude got a problem with me. But then hearing the stories, the people that loved him, the people in his family, you know, tell me stories about how he admired me and how he talked about how much I pushed him and, you know. But playing against him, homie was a dog, man. Who, who were the, let's say, top three toughest opponents you had to go up against? Toughest? Guard me or me guarding them? Both. Because it was an era where the best players would try and guard each other, you know what I mean? I had a problem. I had a problem with Steve Nash, <laughs> especially on pick and rolls. Like, he was a, a monster. I mean, Steve used to, Steve used to give me major problems. Um... I would say definitely Stephon Marbury. Headache. <laughs> Straight headache. Um, other than that, I, I really didn't have. What you think? I ain't really had too many people. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I won't know. No, I'm, I'm not sitting here like I was a defense. I was not no defensive player. You know what I mean? I played the passing lane. Like I was, I was honestly. And I ain't never said this. Like, I said it to my friends and my family. I ain't never said it publicly. But I was always one of them guys that didn't want to end up like one of the guys that I do it to. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't press up on nobody and, you know what I'm saying, and welcome trying to get crossed over or done wrong. Like, and I've been hit. I've been hit with, I've been hit with some shit before. And... Fortunately, fortunately for me, the guy didn't make the shot. You know, you don't make yeah. the shot, you don't make ESPN, it don't make none of the highlights. So I've been, I've been, I've been done wrong. And guard me, I think it was tough with Kobe because you had to come with your best 
every time. And I don't think you, you guys probably not, don't know Marcus Banks, but I'll never not give him his credit for um, him being tough. Marcus Banks was um, tough for me. But for the most part, I, mean, I ain't too many problems with nobody. And that's the perfect answer. If we were to put a prime AI into the NBA right now, mm -hmm. how many are you giving them a night? I don't know, man. And everybody got their outlook on what they think it would be. Um, and I, I don't know. We, we, this question is asked a lot, and, and, and I try to analyze it, and I try to you know, figure out why everybody say that I would average so much more, and I, and I guess it's probably because the, the floor is spaced out a lot more. So after you beat that first guy, you right there at the basket and layups. So, I, I mean, I tell you what, I, I look at it like this. Um, and this is my honest opinion. When I, when I came into the league, when I was in college, they played boxing ones, they double teamed me, they played um, one, three ones. Um, they played two, three. Um, they played, uh, what is it, three? I mean, two, one, two, whatever. They all the junk defenses. And um, my teammates in college used to tell me, like, damn, Chuck, like, when you get to the league, you know, they can't run zone on you. You know what I mean? Like, it's all one on one, all game long. So I'm like, damn, I'm going to have a field day. Like, who the hell can just guard me one on one for 48 minutes all game long? So I'm like, all right, cool. So four scoring titles later, all of a sudden, heck of the zone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the history of the NBA was never no zones. I'm talking about you can go all the way back to when, you know, dudes was wearing shorts <laughs> up here. All the way back to where it was black and white. You know what I mean? When they, everybody had on Chuck Taylor's. There was never a zone. Then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just trying to, I want y'all to just feel this conspiracy. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, this six foot dude come winning scoring titles, then all of a sudden, we're going to implement the zone again. But the way, and that's the way I look at today's game. Now, it, it, it takes it back to when I first came in. No zones, no junk defenses. So, I know it'll be a lot more. And then, you know, the big men are outside now. You know, you got center shooting threes now. Mm -hmm. So I probably would have a field day. But we'll never know. So we're going to open the floor up to the audience for some questions. I've got one more for you before we do that. Solid. Obviously, when we talk about basketball, you're, you're one of the first names that springs to mind. But you've also had a huge impact on the culture and on hip-hop as well. We all know the iconic commercial with Jada Kiss and mm -hmm. the part two where you're rapping as well. You've had your own venture in rapping. I want to get from you the five songs that you would listen to before you go and hoop to get yourself in the zone. Five songs. I can't say five of his songs. It was only one one person I listened to, so I can name five. I can name five artists. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, <laughs> Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson. Man, I wasn't expecting that still. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, but... Got to listen to Mike. 
We're gonna listen. Uh, we're gonna open up the floor to some questions from the audience right now. So if you've got a question, put your hand up. Harry over here is gonna mediate. So get involved. This is the beauty of this type of event. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you have reporters and they ask the same thing all the time. I mean, and. <laughs> no, no, no. Me like that. no, no, no. I ain't throwing my man out there because you're doing a great job. Great job. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and it's interesting, it's fun. I, I, I love the, the questions you ask me. Um, but damn, that was, that, was, that was deep, that was awesome. And it's, um, I promise you, um, 47 years old, and I've never got that um, that question. Um, damn. <laughs> I mean, you, I guess you got to know my story. To to to, I I got in trouble in um, high school, and um, I was incarcerated, um, wrongfully incarcerated, um, and. I was recruited by everyone in the country in both sports. And football was my first love. Um, I didn't want to play um, basketball at all. My, um, my mom, I came home one day, I was eight years old, and she said I was going to basketball practice, and I went crazy, kicking, screaming, crying. They had to drag me out of the house because I didn't want to play uh, basketball because I thought it was soft. Now. This many years later, and all the injuries, and Shaquille O'Neal, and guys like that, I realized that it, the game wasn't soft. But then, that's what I thought. I did not want to play basketball. I just, you know, I was telling her, I'm a football player. I don't play basketball. Basketball is soft. Then I went to the practice that day and saw all of the guys that were on my football team trying out for the basketball team. I came home, and, like, it really was because of my mom. I mean, I say Mike, but, you know, like she forced it on me, and um, you know everything else is um, history. But football, I mean, that was it for me. You know what I mean? And I know it don't sound modest at all, and it's not cocky, it's not arrogant. Um, it's just who I am as far as my confidence. And I think that I would, I think I am, and would have been a way better football player than a basketball player. I really I really believe that. Um, and that was the only reason that I didn't um, play. My, my plans were to go to college and play both sports. And um, when I got in trouble in high school, all of the um, teams that um, were recruiting me for football and basketball stopped. You know what I mean? I had no offers from anyone after being recruited by everybody in both sports in the country. And um, my mom basically went to Georgetown and begged for my life. You know what I mean? She asked Coach Thompson to basically save my life, and he gave me an opportunity. And that's how I ended up playing football. 
Now, I used to come from class and we had to pass the football field for me to get to the gym. So I used to, every day, I used to look at the field and watch the guys practice and I used to literally cry. You know what I mean? Like, just get emotional, just used to mess me up. And one day I got the courage to um, ask Coach Thompson, you know, could I, could I play um, football? You know what I mean? Because I had started, you know, on my way to the gym, I had started, you know, going another way, like the long way, just to avoid seeing the field. And I, I, can't, I can't say it on camera and his kids in here. I can't say what he said to me. <laughs> but I never thought about playing football after that again. <laughs> and was it the second part today? I know I was long-winded, but I just had to give you the history of, you know, why. Um, how would you how do you navigate having to pick between the two and like you cliche you can be any, anything you want to be in life like and people really think that like I think kids today um, really like you hear that and they like yeah, okay whatever you know what I mean like and I tell people I, I want to be like you Alan Anderson like, no nah, don't be like me be better than me you know what I mean and you know I tell a kid like you know and I know kids and people in general not just kids like yeah whatever man you know what I mean but it's really true like I'm living testimony of the fact that you can come from wherever, and I don't use that excuse of everybody come from the projects and all that. I don't use that excuse, you know what I mean, or, or say that no more. I don't care where you're from. You could be a silver spoon mouth person and, you know what I mean, still whatever you want to be in life, if you apply yourself and, and cause you know what, you know what it take. You know, everybody act like they don't know what it take. You know, when you, you know, and, and I tell kids all the time, when you sitting at home and you, <laughs> all day long just and there's somebody outside like this in the rain snow sleet hell and they working on this and you know they 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 want it for real you know what i mean they they want it for real so i mean you it, it's just applying yourself and 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 wanting it for yourself you know what i mean cuz from what i know cause i don't know nobody that went to heaven and came back or went to hell and came back or whatever and and you know, for what I know is you live once. So it's your life, you got one opportunity to do whatever you want to do. You get the same 24 hours in the day that everybody else get. Make the best of it. We got another question here at the front. So um, this is, this is uh, something that's close to me. Um, I just wanted to ask if in your active career, were you aware of the impact you make in Europe? The basketball fans of Europe, the players of Europe, and, and if you did, how did you hear about it? Because 
those times when you're active, you weren't coming to Europe that much. When I was active? Yeah. I don't know. Well, Reebok had me. I was, yeah, I was, I was, huh? Yeah, I was, I was, I was everywhere um, um, in the summertime. Um, I was all over Europe in the summertime when I was playing. Now, much more now because, um, you know, when you have, like I have obviously fans in the States, but I think the, the hardest part of, of being um, who I am and being retired and when you get a big fan base like that, um, you just try to do your best as far as with your team um, and being able to, to get to those places that really support you and love you the way they you know, loved and supported me throughout my career. But um, hopefully I get to live a long time. And you know, now it, don't, it doesn't have to be in the summer for me to visit different parts of the country. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I, I did all the hard work now. You know what I mean? Now it's time for the people that support me, you know, just get that love back. That's right. We're in the middle of the season right now. AI, hey, uh, you got a pick that's for right. the championship this year? Yeah, sixes. I mean, that, that's that's who I wanted wanted to be. But I mean, I, I love to see. I love when Steph hoists the trophy. So, but 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 at the same time, um, if if my sixes don't win, I think what I root for is the guy that. That's the superstar and the guy that put in all that work that didn't win one yet. Like, I don't want the feeling of not winning a championship is not a great feeling for people like me. And I was I was talking to David Beckham today and I was I wanted I was telling him that not so much for me is I wanted to see the joy and the look in the guys that went through the war with me. I wanted to see that look in their eyes and I never got an opportunity to see it. The, the, the opportunity that I got in the last lasting images that I had was pain in their eyes after, you know, getting right there and losing it. If I could do it all over again, and I know it may sound crazy to some people, but I would rather not go than to get there and lose. We got time for some more questions from the crowd? I think, I think we got questions. All right. All right, unfortunately. What time? Where would you got to be? <laughs> man, this is, for the, this is for the people, man. <laughs> the, people. the people's champion. For the people. Uh, we got a question from one of the best slam dunkers oh, in yeah. the world. This guy got crazy cops. Off we go. Appreciate it, man. Um, that being said, I would love to know, what's your all-time favorite dunk contest dunk that you've seen? Um... Vince, the one with Vince in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's over, that, that one. <laughs> that one, I mean, obviously the Mike from the free throw line, um, the joint where Levine was in it. Was, was, who was that in the, in the finals with Levine? Uh, was it uh, Gordon? Gordon, that one. Um, that one, this last one was, you know what I mean, they had, they had to rebound from um, last year, this year, they had, they had, it. they, they were suffering. They better thank Matt for that. The NBA, you know what I mean, because he bought it back. You know what I mean. And um, what's what's the little homie name that was in the finals with him? Oh, uh, Trey Murphy. Yeah, Murphy was crazy. 
But that one, um, which the um the Nate Robinson ones, him and um Dwight, Dwight, right? Yeah. What 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 you think? Your favorite one? Zach Levine, yeah. Zach Levine was crazy. Like, what was the one where um where Gerald Green was in? We blew the uh cupcake. yeah the cupcake. Yeah. That was the same one as Nate Robinson, though. Oh yeah, yeah. That one was dope too. Yeah, great question. That's awesome. We, we got time for one last one. It's my answer. It's, it's, it's my long winded ass answers. That's all it is. How do you have the ability to play through all of the injuries and the pain? And how was you still able to perform at such a level with so many injuries? Man, it had to be, I think it was. It had to be 100% God. Um, I don't. I can't take credit for that. I, I don't. And, and I'm. I wish I had a definitive answer. Like I wish I had a, a answer, but I, I really don't don't know. Cause I remember like waking up right before shoot around nine o'clock in the morning and trying to walk to the bathroom and barely make it. You know what I mean? And then get to the arena and then you looking these guys in the locker room. You looking in their eyes, and you know we might have a big game or a game period. You know what I mean? Um, and then the adrenaline, and you start to hear, you know, the, the people outside, you know, because the locker room doors open, you start to hear the people filling in. And it's like, fuck it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's go, man. You know what I'm saying? And trust me, it was plenty of times, like, I've, I've, I've came back from a separated shoulder and played, like, I was supposed to be out three weeks. And I was out a week and got to the gym. And I remember we was, I was a rookie. We was playing the Knicks. And we were like we were terrible the year before I got there. And we were terrible the year I got there. <laughs> but So we didn't sell out um, the arena. But when we played the Knicks, it would always sell out. And I saw that crowd. I was like, no, I'm playing. And I played. And it was like one of the worst decisions of my life. Because the pain that I was in after that game, you know what I mean? But it was just like the adrenaline. But then when the adrenaline go down, then that's when reality set in. So I don't know, man. I I, get, I, I would just really say that it had a lot to do with, you know, wanting to be with my mom and just wanting to be there for my squad. That's it. Well, it's all about the energy of the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to make some noise. Take the roof off the building for Alan Iverson.